Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. God has commanded us that we should be thankful people, not thankful on a day. Can I get amen? Amen. So today I'm going to change your perspective, Um, life. Amen. Hopefully I will. If you just receive this word, I can promise you that from today, from now on, you will not be the same. That, is that encouraging to some people? I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys like being the same. I, I come to church because I want to be different. I, even if I'm preaching the word, I still want to be different. I don't want to be the same. When I come to church, I want to leave different. Praise God. Well, anyway, the last couple of weeks, las últimas dos semanas, I've experienced, I've been experiencing some troubled times. He pasado por momentos difíciles, and not the ordinary type of trouble. No es el tipo normal de problema. This is the trouble you can't seem to hurry up. You know, the trouble comes, you, you, you want to hurry up and get rid of it. Este tipo de problema que no puede darse prisa. You can't help it. No puede ayudar, and you definitely can't fix it. Y definitivamente, definitivamente no puede resolverlo. You guys ever have a problem you can't fix? And when it seems that nothing's going to work, we get overwhelmed. Amen. Now, understand something when I say this. We have problems sometimes, and we have the answer for that problem. And when we have the answer for that problem, whether it's going to take 10 minutes or it's going to take 10 months to, to, to figure this problem out, we find some comfort in knowing that we have the answer for the problem. Amen. But what about those problems that hit you that you don't have an answer for? When you can't figure it out, when you don't know what to do, we start to get overwhelmed and we start to worry. Amen. Now, that word seems here is very important to look at. I want you guys to understand that word seems. The word seems means to appear to be. It means one's feeling or how you feel about something. It means to appear to one's senses, to appear to one's mind. It's an observation or a judgment of a person. So it seems, like some of you right now, it seems to be hot in here. Hint, hint. Thank you. It seems as if somebody caught that hint. Amen. See, a scene happens when you sew two pieces of material together. That's another scene. Okay? Una pieza y otra pieza juntas una costura. Scene. Two pieces. The problem is when you sew a weaker piece of material 
to a stronger piece of material. In Mark chapter 2, verse 21, it says this, No man also soweth a piece of new cloth to an old garment, else the new piece that is filled it up with take away from the old and rent it made worse. Makes it worse. So whatever you sowed, it tears it. So you take something new and try to sow it to something old, you got a problem. When you knit the frailty of your perception or what you're thinking or what things seem to be to the truth of God's word, you make the word of God non-effect. When you, when you knit the frailty of your perception or what it seems or what you're thinking to the truth of God's word, you make the word of God non-effect. I can explain that. It's a whole other preaching lesson. But what happens is we take our old mindset of thinking and try to apply what we think to the Word of God. And then when we do that, it's not the Word of God is not going to work because it's our perception of what we think to what God's Word is. See, to our perception is if I could see it, then I could figure it out. Our perception is 2 plus 2 equals 4. Amen. That's not how God works. He's God. His ways are not our ways. As far as the east is from the, from the west, as far as the earth is from the heaven, his ways are different than ours. So what happens is we take our old way of thinking and try to apply it to the word of God, and guess what happens? The word of God doesn't work for us because we want it to work the way we want it to work. Our way of thinking is frail. And just because something appears to be doesn't mean it is. It has to do with your sense of perception. It has to do with how you see things. Así que hoy quiero hablarles un momento. I want to talk to you for a minute how to change your view, your perception, and your perspective on life. Sobre cómo cambiar su percepción y perspectiva. Now, I don't know about you, you know, you guys don't have to raise your hand, but has anybody ever been dealt a bad hand in life? Okay, and I'll help you out. Okay, maybe you play poker. You get dealt a bad hand. You got to learn how to play that hand. You play well with you, the cards you've been dealt. Okay, some of y'all, okay, dominoes. You get a bunch of bad dominoes in your hand, you start complaining. It's not the bad dominoes, it's how you play the game, not what you've been dealt. Because a good player can play with anything you give them. In dominoes, you can give me a handful of doubles, and I still come out on top. See, some of you, I guess you guys don't play dominoes either. They don't understand. T-Rex, they don't understand. People don't like playing dominoes with me anyway, because I always win. You looking at me funny, Josh. What's up? Tony? Okay. I want you guys to change how you see life because, listen, God wants you to be thankful. You know the old expression about making a mountain out of a molehill? You know why you make a mountain out of a molehill? I mean, when you say it, you're sitting down going, molehill's so small. If I stood here and the molehill was as big as this plant here, I'm like, that's not that big. But if I come down here to the level of the, of the plant, 
and the plants in my face, I can't see nothing but the plants. So now the plant has become a mountain. It's become something huge, something large because I'm so close to it. That's what happens when we have problems. We gravitate more towards the problem, get the problem all in our face, and we can't see anything else. I'm trying to change your perspective because if you just take a few steps back and look at the molehill, it's just the molehill. It's something you could step over, go around, or if you want to, you could tell it to pick itself up and cast itself into the sea. You guys with me? But why is it we have this nature to want to look at something that's so small and pull it so close to ourselves? I think you guys know Mount Diablo that's out there from here. Mount Diablo doesn't look like anything. Somebody told me, Mount Diablo's hard to climb. I'm like, it don't look like it from here. But the closer I get to Mount Diablo, the more I recognize its size. But from far away, that big problem don't look so big. But I can see everything else. I'm getting to a point. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. God wants to change our perspective today about how things go. Every time that we get dealt a bad hand in life, God wants to change your perspective today. He wants you to see things the way he sees it. You guys with me? See, I want you to see things like eagles see things. I, don't want, you to, I want you to stop seeing things the way chickens see things. Huh? You know what's the problem with chickens? They get ate. People don't eat eagles. Matter of fact, most eagles don't have predators, anything that hunts them. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. It says, rejoice sometimes. Always. Pray occasionally. And when things are good, give thanks. Okay, I'm sorry. I was kind of reading from a physician what we really do. Now I'll read the instruction, but I was just saying what we usually do. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for Somebody say you and point to yourself. <laughs> Why is it the will of God for you to be thankful in all things? Glad you asked. Being unthankful causes us to be ungrateful. And being ungrateful gives us an unhealthy perspective. When you're, great, when you're ungrateful, you can't be thankful for anything. Your perspective to everything is going to be negative. I know none of y'all know anybody like that. People that always got something negative to say about everything. It's like you want to look at them, was there one good thing about it? Something? They're ungrateful people. Being ungrateful causes a person to focus on the 10% of the bad instead of the 90% of good. I'm about to help y'all out here. You guys ready? 
I see this so much in relationships. I see that one, one spouse or a friend, they always want to talk about the things that somebody ain't doing. You don't never and you always. Never and always, huh? Think of these words. You don't never. That means you've never done it, ever. You always. So I always do that. There's not like one time I haven't done that. So but we get our eyes stuck so much on the bad of a person, 10%, and that's high. We focus on the 10% that we miss out on the 90% of the good. And so what we do is we focus so much on that bad, we forget about the good, we can't see the good, and we'll end up bailing out on the relationship. Why? Because it looks better on somebody you don't know so long because right now you just see everything good about them. And then when you see everything good about them, you're like, well, leave this one. Now you're back in the same, same situation. And as you start knowing somebody, you start to see the bad in them. Then you start focusing on the bad on them. You know, people are getting these repetitive bad cycles of relationships. It ain't the people you're picking. Your picker's off. You got a bad picker. The point is, and listen, married couples, there are going to be some bad things about people. I'll give you for instance. Not about people, though. My wife and I were sitting in the garage and we were talking. We just bought Kai a new car. It's not new. It's new to us. Okay? It's new. Nice car. Lovely car. As we're sitting there conversating, I, I totally lost focus of what she was saying because I saw this little small dent on the door. It's about that big. You can't even see my fingers apart. About that big, but I seen it. I'm looking at it. And I started getting upset. What happened here? It's like, where? <laughs> right there. Had to open the door and show it to her. Right there. She looks and she's like, I don't know. Something was I said, no, 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 no. You opened the door and hit something. See, I got so focused on that one spot that I forgot about the niceness of the car. That isn't even 10%. That's probably less than 1%. But when we focus on negative things, we forget about that which is good. And then we're not thankful for what we have. We regret what's happened or what we don't have. When we're thankful, you appreciate what you have and not regret, regret what you lost. You know, God wants us to be like that. I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be people that come in your life and people that leave. There's going to be jobs that come in your life and they'll go with seasons. Things happen. And what I've noticed mostly with people and folks is people like to tend to focus on what left instead of what they had. I know it's hard. Your heart's broke that he left you. Your heart's broke that she left you. But you know what? You know that the old saying, it's better to have lost love than never loved at all. Man, I had an opportunity. I had some good times. I had some bad times, but I had some good times, too, so I thank God for that. Matter of fact, I might even want to thank God that they are out of my life because I didn't know how to get them out of there. Somehow, God caused a, a chasm in between us. Get them out, God. Move. You steadily trying to put that joker back in your life. Let them go. Let them go. It wasn't good for you anyway. I, I mean, I don't know a person that has the flu, and when the flu leaves them, that they want it back. 
You got some sick people in your life. Let them go. You need some mucinex or something, some human mucinex. <coughs> Get them all out. Let them go. Being ungrateful makes you too familiar with your blessings. Being ungrateful makes you too familiar with your blessings. You know what? If you got a husband, you got a wife, you better be thankful. Hallelujah. You, you, you better think because, you know, you could be alone. Hmm? Yeah. Watch this. You got that job that you've been working on for the last 15 years or 15 days, whatever, how long it's been, and you're like, man, I don't even like working here. Well, you could be unemployed. See, when you get so familiar with the blessings of God, you'll not thank him for it. When's the last time you thank God for your electricity? Why? Because you're too familiar with it. You expect it. I ain't never sat down and said, God, I thank you for the air. If I got up here and started thanking God for every little single thing, y'all look at me like I was crazy. Well, that's, that's, we expect that, right? Because I'm too familiar with it. It's a blessing from God. The air is a blessing from God. The light is a blessing from God. Friends are a blessing from God. Being able to be in a church with big padded chairs is a blessing from God. Don't get too familiar with the blessings of God. You'll become ungrateful. You ain't even going to thank God for nothing. And see, I'm naming little stuff. I, I, I don't know where you're at in your life, but there's things that God has given you that you've asked for, and because he gave it to you, oh, you were thankful when you got it, but four years later, you ain't thanking him for it. I'm just saying. I gave my wife a beautiful ring when we got engaged. You think she still thanks me for it? She does. She looks at it, she goes, you know what, thank you for this ring. It makes me feel good. She appreciates it. Makes me want to upgrade that ring. <laughs> you know, the problem is, here's the problem. But if she did stuff like this, and this ring, it's getting all old, it's small, and we've been married for 15 years now, and, and you know, we need to, it's ungrateful. And see, we know that as a principle of being human, but do you know God feels the same way? Do you expect God to give things to ungrateful people? I'm going to give you some scripture about it in a minute. Being thankful, being thankful keeps us out of familiar. Familiar is a terrible place to be in, you guys. In familiar, you get comfortable. Familiar, you're in this place where you, you don't care about anything, you just... Huh, it's all right. The blessings of God just become mundane to you. You know, it's funny that as we sit down and we pray over our food, most of us pray over our food because we don't want it to be poison and hurt us. Oh, you know, I mean, we're going to pray over, we're going to bless the food so it'll be good for our bodies. How about just saying, God, thanks? You know, the Bible says when God, when he God prayed over his food, it says he broke it and gave thanks. <laughs> Maybe we should just, God, thank you for this food, man. I really appreciate it because I was hungry. My stomach was speaking in tongues. You guys are too. You guys. When you're not thankful, cuando no esté agradecido, you're never satisfied. Nunca está satisfecho. 
never satisfied. Proverbs 28 and, and 25 says this, a greedy man stirs up strife. Greedy. Who ate the last pie? piece of pie? Y'all looking at me like what? It was Thanksgiving. There was a piece of pie that was left out. I know somebody did it. They left a piece of pie out in their house, and they, they was expecting it. They wanted to get it, and when they went to go get it, it was gone. I'm saving that for the morning with the coffee before they go to work. <laughs> Somebody ate the last piece of pie. They already had four pieces of pie. You're greedy. Now you done stirred up some strife because I'm mad. Nobody really stole the pie. It was an example. You guys. <laughs> greedy people are never thankful. The reason why they're greedy because they're not thankful for what they do have. They always want more and more and more. And guess what? They don't care what they do to get it. That's why it, 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 it causes strife, because they'll take from you. No matter of fact, you, you guys got some greedy kids that aren't thankful for anything? They always want, they always want, they always want, they always want. It's like no matter what you do, no matter the sacrifices you make for them, they ain't never satisfied. Sound like spouses. When you are ungrateful, when you stay unfamiliar, you're going to miss out on what really is important. The reason why uh, the negative always outweighs the positive is because you're ungrateful. The reason why you only see negative stuff is because you're just an ungrateful person. You ever looked at anybody and said, man, can't anything be right in this? You know what it is? You're ungrateful. I'm cutting away all, all the sugar coating and everything else. We have become an ungrateful people. A thankless life and an ungrateful heart is altogether displeasing to God. Dios no se complace con las personas ingratas. Romans chapter 1, 21 says this, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Let me read it to you in the NLT. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they begun to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Watch this. Ungrateful people think that they don't have anything. They're not because they're so familiar with the blessings they got that they become dark, depressed. Because they're not grateful for the stuff that they do have so that they feel like they don't have nothing. And when you feel like you don't have nothing and nobody cares about me and all this other things, you get to a dark place. Then you start getting confused about why you're here. You start wondering, would anybody miss me? Is there anybody that cares? Confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. I'm here to tell you today, man, if you've ever wrestled in that dark area, I'm telling you there are people here at the Building Christian Fellowship that care. There are people in here that will love on you. There are people in here that really care about you genuinely. But I'm here to tell you, too, they're here to tell you about yourselves, too. Because they might look at you and go, the reason why you're at where you're at because you're ungrateful. Let me teach you how to be thankful for what you do have. 
there are direct and inverse rela uh, relationships around gratitude. But before I do, and before I share these, I want you guys to understand something. An attitude of gratitude will help you get the latitude that you need. I was going to think of one more thing to say. I could. I, dang it. Donald, where were you at when I needed some help? When you are grateful, you're able to see things from a different perspective. You know, even when things are bad, if you can just thank God, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises. When I give God thanks, I'm giving him praise. So if he inhabits that, that's where he lives, that's where he dwells. And when God comes and he shows up, he brings peace that surpasses all understanding. So when I'm giving God thanks, I can expect, when I praise him, I can expect that everything God brings with him, I'm going to receive. Amen. Once again, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Listen, saints, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Everybody, you're, you're a saint, you're, you're in love with the Lord, then you should be a thankful person. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 and 7. The direct nature of gratitude looks like this. As rejoicing increases, gratitude increases. As we see in 1 Thessalonians, we see a close relationship between rejoicing and gratitude. As rejoicing increases, so will gratitude. Christians are commanded to rejoice in all things. And again, I say rejoice. Because always our sins are before us. But we have been forgiven by Jesus Christ. If there's nothing in your life that you can find to rejoice for, you should be able to rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you have been forgiven of your sins, that they will not be held against you, that you were supposed to be on the cross, but Jesus Christ took your place. That's enough to rejoice. That's a problem that we have in church today. We want a, we want a word to solve our problems, and we forget about the cross. The preaching of the cross has need, needs to be preached more, needs to be talked about more, because literally everything we need, every answer that we need is found at the cross. Baby even said amen. It's the cross that we need to start rejoicing in. If we can just rejoice, if you can't find one thing to give God a praise in or something to be happy about, that's the one thing that we should be happy about. As our gratitude in, or as our rejoicing increases, our thankfulness, our gratitude increases. Number two, as our prayerfulness increases, cuando tu oración aumente, gratitude increases. Aumenta la gratitud. In both passages, gratitude is connected to prayer. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. When we pray and spend time with God, we are filled with gratitude for him as he fills us full of peace and joy. Watch this. Most of the time, we pray to God, and after we pray to God, we're done. We don't even sit, wait, and listen for instructions. But what we're supposed to do, it says, when you pray, you pray, you ask, and then give thanksgiving. And when we give thanksgiving, God says, then the peace that surpasses all understanding 
will encompass you. It will guard your hearts and your minds. We have a problem with giving God thanks. We, we, we tend to thank him if we get what we want. You ain't got to say amen. Most of the time, we, we, we don't even thank God. We pray and we don't say thank you. Do you realize asking for something and then saying thank you is a sign of faith? You hear them preach, I'm not going to wait to see it. I'm not going to wait for it to happen. That you right now, God, that you have good credit with me. I'm just going to give you praise right now. See, there's, there, there's, a, there's, there's a principle in that. We have to continue to pray in every situation. Pray without ceasing. Number three, as your humility increases, gratitude increases. We have to make sure that we're being humble. Now, a lot of us don't even know what that looks like. You ever had somebody tell you how, how much of a humble guy they are? I'm just going to share something with you, okay? Just listen. The moment you say you're humble, you've lost all humility. Let somebody else toot your horn in that area. Amen. <laughs> when a person prays constantly, that person's saying, God, I need you. I rely on you. That I can't do it without myself. That's humbling yourself. Praying without ceasing. Now, now listen, you guys. Praying without ceasing doesn't always mean you need to be on your knees. It just means being in constant contact with the Lord. Going to the Lord for every direction and all direction. And when you do, that's humbling yourself because what you're saying to yourself is, God, I can't do it without you. You know, you are a, a lamp into my walkway and a light into my feet. I need your word to take me that direction. If not, I'm going to fail. I'm going to go the wrong way. So, Lord, speak to me. Give me direction. See, that's humbling yourself. And as you humble yourself, you're going to be more grateful for what God does for you because God's not going to lead you down the wrong road. And as you see, when you start doing stuff right, you're like, man, I prayed, I listened, I did stuff right. Thank you, Jesus. So as your humility increases, your gratitude increases. Now, on the opposite side of being, of having your gratitude or your thankfulness increase, there's things that you can do to make it decrease. Number one, or number four, as entitlement increases, Gratitude decreases. God doesn't know you nothing. We live in a day and age where people want everything for free. It's my right. I deserve. I deserve to have this. That's a sense of entitlement. And people that have a sense of entitlement aren't thankful for nothing. But they could sure be ungrateful when they don't get what they feel like they deserve. Huh? Let me tell you what you did deserve. Death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, is, is uh, Jesus, through Jesus Christ, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you. But the, here's the problem. You know, we've worked for it, so we've earned it. So, yeah, you, sh you should get what you, you deserve. But if it wasn't for Jesus, come on. There's people that work in the church, and they work hard, and they're not seen, and, and sometimes you go unseen. Sometimes God will hide you for a season because he's trying to work some things out of you, and nobody's ever going to say thank you. Nobody's ever going to see you, and then you talk, you talk about, man, somebody need to come and say something to me because all the work that I do around here, they don't even appreciate me. Pastor don't say nothing to me. I didn't get acknowledged, blah, blah, blah. See, God will hide you for a season because he's trying to get some stuff out of you because apparently you're doing it for the acknowledgement and not as unto the Lord. 
And when you start, watch this, and when you start thinking, man, I'm doing this, I'm working hard, I'm doing this, I deserve a thank you, I deserve a check, I deserve to get paid, I deserve, you become ungrateful because truly it is an honor to be able to work in the house of the Lord. Like, man, God, thank you for letting me do this. Man, it's funny because right now, I mean, in, in a church, Watch this. You tell somebody, hey, man, it's all volunteer basis to work in church. He's like, uh-uh. Nope. And if somebody came to you and said, hey, man, I got an opportunity for you to uh, go over to LeBron James' house to work at his house, you're not going to do much. You're just going to vacuum his floor, a couple of rugs, and that's it, man. You'll see him. He'll be around. You'll be like, man, I'll do it. I said it because he's King James. We worship things, and we will give our lives freely just to be around that person or that thing or, or whatever we want. We'll do it freely, but when it comes to working in the house of God, we can't be grateful and say, man, God, it's just an honor. You know, there was a woman, there was a woman that came to Jesus that wanted something. She, she, she wasn't expecting something. She just wanted something. She came expecting, but she didn't think it, she deserved, like, I'm going to get it. She's like, hey, what about me? Jesus is like, look, what I have is not for you. You're a dog. He basically told you, you're a dog. It's what I have, I'm the bread of life, and I came for that, the, the children of Israel. And she looked at him, and she was like, well, even dogs get to eat from the master's table. Whatever crumbs fall down, I get to eat. So can I just hang around the floor? Because I'll just be grateful you just let me hang around. You ain't got to give me anything fresh. I'll just catch what everybody else has dropped. She's just thankful to be in the numbers. She's just thankful that her name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the funny thing about it is Jesus looks at her and says, I have never seen such great faith. Woo! Huh. God, you ain't got to pay me an earthly dime. I know that I'm, well, my work that I'm doing here, I'm putting jewels in my crown. So on that day that I get to see your face, I'm going to throw my crown down before you. My God, thankful. Number five is grumbling increases, gratitude decreases. When we are entitled, we grumble and we complain because we feel we are better than others. When we grumble... Uh, or when grumbling is increasing, gratitude is simultaneously decreasing. When grumbling instead of graciousness is known to everyone, gratitude is low. Grumbling is called complaining. And let me tell you how God feels about complainers. Ask the children of Israel. How are you going to be in bondage for 400 years, get released in a short time, see signs, miracles, and wonders, given all kinds of gold, you were fed without having to work. Come on. You're kept warm at night by a pillar of fire and kept cool in the day by a cloud that covered you. You got all this, and yet you're going to murmur and complain about there ain't no leeks or garlic to put in your mofongo. You guys, didn't, I'm sorry. They said there's no garlics and leeks, at least back in Egypt. We had some garlic and we had seasoning in our food, complaining. But God got upset and opened up the, opened up the ground, swallowed them up. I was like, I don't like to hear. I, after everything I've done for you, you have nerve up to complain about the manna that I'm giving to you. 
we got to learn not to complain about that which we have. Actually, complaining is saying, I'm not thankful for what I do have. You know, some of you in here drive a bucket. They still call them buckets? A beater? Huh? One door don't open, the windows don't open. You pray every time you start it. You, matter of fact, you drove it to church today, but you parked your way around the corner because it's loud. You don't want nobody to hear it when you pull up. And, and so many of us are upset about that car. We're complaining about, man, my car. At least you got a car. Can you give God thanks that you got a car? You live in the trap or the, the, the ghetto, wherever you live, your house is a mess and it's all tore up and you don't like it and you, the, the neighborhood's bad because the gunfire and everything else is going on. Well, guess what? You got a house. Can you give God praise that you got a house? Can you thank him that you're not living outside? We continue to complain. We, we, we seem to complain when we don't get what we think we deserve. can't complain. Number six, as, we, as worry increases, gratitude decreases. This is a big one, guys. How many people ever worry about anything? As we see in, in Philippians, we see worry is positioned at the opposite of praying. Oh, praying with thanksgiving. Worry indicates we are not grateful for his plan, but would rather have our own. Worrying means, God, uh, God's, worrying means I have this plan that will work a lot better for me. And since this plan isn't working out the way that I want it to work out, and it's working out the way God wants it to work out, I don't have control. And control, you know, is, is a fallacy. You, you really don't have control over anything. And then all of a sudden you begin to worry because you can't figure it out. You can't put it together. And you're saying, God, I got a better way than you. And when you start worrying, you are not in a position to be grateful because you're so focused on the molehill. I can't look outside the molehill and go, oh, you know, if this doesn't work, at least I got this. But when your problems are ever present before you, you can't see God and you can't be grateful for those things that are outside that problem. Because the only thing you're focusing on is the molehill. The only thing you're focusing on is the bad hand. So what do we do when our gratitude decreases, when our Honest grading of our gratitude is pretty low. The solution is not to give ourselves a pep talk, but the solution is that we need to give thanks to God in everything. Now, I'm, I'm going to share this with you because a lot of times we give thanks to God and we don't even believe it. See, there was a time that Jesus, now watch this principle, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sat and he got on his knees and he said, God, if there be any other way, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, your will be done and not my will, right? I believe, yes, I know he was God. He's God in the flesh, but I believe he's given us an example because the first time he said it, I don't think he really believed it. Why would I say that? Why would he have to pray it three times? If he believed it, he would only have to pray it once, get up and go on and do what he said. But he showed us something because there's times that we have to hear ourselves say things till we get to the point we believe what we're saying. See, that's one of the problems. That's why we give life showers around here to ourselves. If you guys were here, sometimes you got to give a life shower to yourself 
and, you know, you need to bathe yourself in those things of the Word of God. You need to start speaking the Word of God over until you start believing what the Word of God is. But Jesus sat there, and he said the first time, he said, let this cup pass. He didn't want to do it that way. He said, but nevertheless, your will be done. The second time, he started believing it. Let this cup pass. He said, but nevertheless, your will be done. The third time he said it, he got it. He said, Lord, you know what? Your will be done. I'm ready to do this. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. That's what it has to be with thankfulness. You may not be thankful for your house, your car, your situation, your spouse. You may not be thankful with, with your family or whatever it is, but I, can, I will promise you, if you just start giving God praise and thanks, he will move you into a position of gratefulness so you can receive what God has for you. As I close, we have become ungrateful, therefore we have become unholy. You guys, I'm just going to share with you just real briefly what holy means. It means dedicated. Holy means sanctified, set apart. And because we're ungrateful, we become unholy. People who are not thankful will never serve with the same fervor as those who remember where they were when God found them. Where God saved them from and where God changed them. Saints of God, I'm trying to tell you, there, there's times just even me as a pastor, and I will never forget, I will never forget the very moment. If this, was the, if this is where it was at, if this was the church where I was at, I was right here. And every time I'm up here and I start talking about I see young John Butcher standing right here. It was at the moment that I realized I had come to myself. I realized all the people I've hurt, all the lies that I made, how I disappointed my parents, how I've hurt a lot of people. I've done a lot of things, a lot of bad stuff I don't have time to even name. If anything, I was the chief of all sinners. And at that moment, as I sat there and realized what a wretch I was of all the guilt and condemnation that flooded into my life, at that very moment when I realized I needed a Savior to save such a wretch like me is when God started flowing in his grace, in his mercy, and I received his grace and his mercy at the same time because his mercy and his grace outweighs his judgment, and I got saved, and I will never, ever forget that moment. Everything in my life could go wrong and go bad, but if I go back to the day that I met the grace of God in my life, I could still give him thanks. But sometimes being saved, we get too familiar. We forget where God got us from. We forget where he saved us from. Looking and we start giving scripture out talking about, well, we ain't supposed to look behind us. No, you don't look behind you to, to have condemnation. But it was one of the reasons why all the saints of God always built a monument. So that every time they pass that monument or every time they look back, they would remember, look what God has done for me. Some of y'all need to walk around your house and put a rock on a the, on the shelf somewhere. Just put it right there. This was the day that God saved my son. This is the day that God met me in a place and I've heard from him. I'm going to put that so I'll never forget it. So when I get down, when I, I'm not grateful for anything, I walk by that rock and remember to be thankful for that which God has done for me. Praise God. We are living in a generation that curses their father and does not bless their mother. 
They are righteous in their own eyes. They are thankful unto nothing. The generation we're living in. God's saying today, I want to change your perspective. I want a people that are grateful. I want a people that are satisfied, that are content where they're at. And when they're content, they're going to give me praise. Even though you may be going through a hard time right now, if you could just somehow, some way, be able to start thanking God. And you may not mean it at this moment, but if you keep doing it, God's going to make sure that you'll start believing God. Say, you know what, God? Thank you, because it's it's, things could be worse. It could be. One of the greatest privileges of being Christian is to have the capacity to give God thanks regardless of what happens. It's easy to be thankful when things are going our way. But as a Christian, we can rise above any situation to thank God for causing all things to work together for our good. That's why he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen, if you're waiting on the Lord, you don't sit and wait in silence. You sit and you give God praise while you're waiting. Because as you begin to give God praise, they that wait upon the Lord, you'll renew your strength. He'll give you the wings of eagles to fly above your situation so that you can look at it from a God perspective. And while you're waiting, he's going to renew that strength. You're going to be able to run and not get tired. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.